Next on BYU Sports Nation, a double dose of winning. The Hoopsters split and the BYU football team ends on a high note in Hawaii. Trevor Maddish will join us to discuss his thoughts on the Hawaii win. What is his offseason to-do list for BYU football? Plus, women's volleyball is hosting in the NCAA tournament. Head coach Heather Olmstead tells us if the Cougars got a fair shake. Let's go. This is BYU Sports Nation. Brought to you by the BYU Store. Simulcast on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Now, from Studio B... Here's Jerem Jordan and Brian Logan. BYU Sports Nation is live. Your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. It is Monday, November 27th, and winning is awesome. I'm Jerem Jordan. Spencer (laughs) Linton is still basking in the Hawaiian sun. So I'm joined by, after further review, first-team all-analyst Brian Logan. Ah, thank you, thank you, thank you. Appreciate the love, man. You know, I didn't come through with the Y factor. Hey, thank you, thank you. A little bit late there, but it's all right. I'll take it. You weren't even uh, in the championship. Was, I was, yeah, I wasn't able to get the Y factor. Lane Fowler, the uh, winner, by the way. Yeah, yeah. Congrats, Sh- Uncle B. Shout out Uncle B. You know, a um, little, little bitter, but a little sweet as well because <laughs> it's my family. You know, we were on different teams, but he is You're my happy uncle. For him. He's my uncle. I'm happy for him. And so I'm just happy to come away with uh, – with some type of an award, man. You know, another one that I can go on my uh, my my trophy. Your mantle. Yeah, there's your I bookshelf. Mean, yeah, yeah. Smells of rich mahogany. Yes, yes. They're all invisible trophies at that too. So, <laughs> I'm gonna print you something in a '90s printed. <laughs> First team all analyst. Yes. AFR. Final uh, after further view coming up tomorrow at seven Eastern. By the way, the season uh, recap. Let's get to today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. It's your BYU Sports Nation headlines. BYU football finishes the season with a 30-20 win against Hawaii. Squally Canada, 113 rush yards, two TDs in the first half, after which he went through a concussion protocol, it sounded like. Cougars outgained the Warriors 451-286. to Look out. And we're plus one in turnover margin. The Cougars finish the season on a high note. While the season is now over, head coach Kalani Sitake is looking forward to developing next year's team, building off of this win. And just looking forward to getting better for next year and um, you know, it's not anywhere that we wanted to be, but uh, I believe that we can build off of this. And we know um, from this year, we, we we know a lot of young guys we can count on. So um, they're going to be they're going to be our leaders for next season. And just glad our seniors got to win. So um, it all works out. Just you know, getting this win and doing it for the seniors, but then also getting momentum for next year. Plenty of discussions surrounding next year coming up in the next couple of weeks and months and a bunch of days <laughs> on BYU Sports Nation. BYU ends the season 4-9, and nine, the most losses in a season since 1955. Jamal Williams scores two touchdowns on 21 carries for 66 yards and four receptions for Woo! 69 yards in a 31-28 loss against the Steelers. Good performance, but, uh, you know... Sad he couldn't come away with the win to who cares? really, to got, really, really who enjoy. Cares? It. He can't control. Oh, you're that you're part. right, man. NFL is all about defense. The NFL is all about selfish players. Anyway, you're an individual at that point. But that leads us to an early stat of the day. <laughs> it's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. It's been 16 years since a former BYU running back scored multiple touchdowns in an NFL season. Season, not even a game. Season. It was Ronnie Jenkins, two kick return TDs in the 2001 season. So it wasn't even rushing touchdowns per se. But Jamal split. He had a rushing and a receiving touchdown. Man, that's crazy, man. That's crazy. He had a good night. He had a good night. He's done this twice now where he's had at least 100 all-purpose yards. Hey, man, he, you know what? He looks he looks really good. I saw some of the highlights that you guys were, you know, texting me late at night yeah. in our group message. 
Um, How about his breakaway speed dude, on, on the screen? It, it, honestly, look, day and night. Where was that day last and night, year? Right? Where was that? Oh, f- four of your years you played. Such <laughs> Jamal? He had one run against Nevada where he broke out. Idaho State, I'm recalling. Um, but Toledo yep. had another one. So that was good. Hey, man, you know what? Really it's, it's, it's different when you don't got school. You can focus a little bit more on speed training. <laughs> so. That's exactly right. You don't even get 20 hours in or whatever. Right. Hey, BYU men's basketball split two games in Brooklyn over the weekend. Lost to Alabama 71-59 Friday. But then Saturday, the Cougars beat UMass with a last-second comeback. Here it is. Little full-court pressure here from UMass. Jasheer Hardnett bringing it across the timeline. Seven seconds left. Gets a screen from Dastrup. The dish. The dunk! Pipkins with one at the buzzer. Down by as many as 12 points. The Cougars go to a zone. They get steals. They go on a run. Elijah Bryant uh, from three hits some free throws. Tremendous pick on that last play by Peyton Dastrip to get Jashir Hardnett into the lane. The game-winning dunk. Hey. How often do you have the game-winning dunk? So a nice Never. win for BYU. Yeah, basketball. I told you, Jerem, defense wins championships, baby. That's right. And <laughs> No, no, offense does. Defense <laughs> gets you in position. By the way, the debut of BYU basketball, Dave Rose, coming up Tuesday night, 8 Eastern time. That, uh, no, correction, uh, Jerem. Offense scores points. Defense wins games. Mm. Uh, when you're training, you have to score. <laughs> so, yeah. 13 seed women's volleyball is hosting American there. in the first round of the 2017 NCAA tournament at the Smithfield House on Friday. Which is good. Uh, a few weeks ago, I don't, I don't think BYU thought they were going to host. So they got in a hostable position. 13 seed, hosting American. Who? American. Uh, then if BYU wins that, they'd play the winner of Kennesaw State and Oregon. So this is great for women's volleyball. They are hosting. They've gone to five straight Sweet 16s. We will talk to Heather Olmstead. What school do you go to, bro? I'm an American No, what school do you go to? Student. school do you go to? What? <laughs> Rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. To do, to do. The offseason is upon us, Brian Logan. BYU has finished a forgettable 4-9 year in which the Cougars were injured, inept, and flat-out not entertaining. That was a tough one, but it's over now. It's over. Ah, it's over. Okay? We can move on. Seriously, I got whiplash from how quickly I turned to look at the 2018 schedule. <laughs> like, my neck hurts. I'll massage it for you. I've started to think about what's next. Thank Thank you. you. Mm -hmm. There are things to do, people. There are lots of things to do. So answer today's Twitter quandary. What is your off-season to-do list for BYU football? Oh, this show's only an hour, but we'll (laughs) attempt to tackle this subject. (laughs) First tweet in, at Cosmo Da Cougar. Number one, get healthy. Chicken noodle soup all around. Number two, recruit as many star players as possible. Steal them from Utah, if probable. Number three, keep cheering on the hoopsters. Number four, keep an eyeball on next year's opponents. Number five, find a reason to dance. Kid president. Kid president. <laughs> that kid's funny. Who's kid president? He's on YouTube. He's fun. You need to look him up. Uh, okay. He's really funny. I'll look at him. I'll look it up. He, he acts like he's the president of the United States. Okay, kid president. Gotcha. Yeah. He's, he's, uh, he started when he was like 10 or something. All right, well, that's going on my, my to-do list. Okay, what, what, there, there's lots of things to do, and you can't get it all done. You can only do a couple of things, really, yeah. let's be honest. So th- this is kind of the to-do list before signing day in February, to me, before spring ball. Like, yeah. right now, you get eight hours a week with these guys, or otherwise. What, what do you do? I, th- I mean, I think everybody is clear and on the same page is just get healthy. 
you know, that's the, that's the first and foremost thing that you have to do. Well, so that's just heal, happened anyway. So heal from the season. Well, I would say this. Like so, you're going to do something So it's, it's, it's part one and part two. Part one is to heal from the season. And I would say part two is yeah, yes, spiritually as well. Go to church. Um, and so I would say this for the part two is, you know, how do we be preventative? Right. How, how can we prevent injuries from occurring? So if that means strength and conditioning, strength and conditioning that means changing up some programs, whatever the case is, because there is no way that a program like BYU that just traditionally isn't going to have good depth. Um, you know, on their roster is going to be able to sustain five million injuries every Dep- single year. Depends on the position. Like offensive line was really deep, didn't yeah. have hardly any injuries there where they could have afforded it. But tight end, tight running end. back, I don't know, quarterback. Well, I mean, playing the fourth stringer in uh, games eleven through thirteen, especially when you start playing these power five schools and they load the box and they start they shut down the running game. You got to rely on you know your outside weapons and, and quarterback, receiver, yeah. and you know. So, I, I w- but I would say number two is recruiting, and I would focus on junior college talent. Why? Because junior college because you players. Junior college. I'm, not, I'm not saying this because I'm biased. I'm just, I'm just, this is facts. It's part of it. This is just facts. B- junior college players are the best players out there for BYU. See, you let me finish wait, last time. Wait. For BYU. And I'd say this. Better than the kids out of high school? I would say for BYU, one specifically is you, you're going to have kids that are more talented, right, um, that it can play right away, and then they're more they're more mature, and so you can take a risk oh, on guys. Missionaries, you could, yeah, look, yes, man, look, you could take a risk on a kid that isn't LDS, right? It doesn't have a background because you only they only they only stay here for two years. That's that's not that it's not that hard and difficult. I did it, right? If I if I could do it, anybody could. do I it. wish we could have had you for four years. Yeah, I thought it would have been nice, but would it have been a challenge. Maybe, probably not. Uh, number three, I would say defensive havoc. Defensive havoc for me, man. Turn, you got to turn the ball over. Yeah. Blitz, more tackle for losses. And then four is improve red zone offense. Yes. Yeah. Amen. Okay, there's your to-do list. Here's mine. One, coaching staff assignments. What's going to happen? Uh, are, are there going to be guys uh, fired, reassigned, new hires? I don't know. I don't know. I, I think that there's going to be some kind of shakeup. I think there has to be. You there can't has go to be, four right? or nine and be like, everything's great. We're going to go with the same stuff. Uh, unless, well, unless, let's what if, see what, they, what happens. What if they blame it on injuries, though? Is that possible? If they say, oh, everything is fine. What if we But you could injuries? reassign someone to cover this versus that. I, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. We'll it's see. Like, it's like a Bronco in 2010, right? Shake up. At least the whole offensive staff. Shake up. Yeah. Shake up some right. guys came back. Yeah. I don't expect there to be. Uh, I don't expect there to be wholesale changes, but there's got to be changes of some kind, right? I, I don't know what they are though. Recruiting number two. Recruiting. Does BYU need to go the AC route to find some immediate fixes? Fact. Riddle me this: Are there enough people in the program who didn't play significant roles last year who will fill roles this season? If not, then you go JC because you don't inject freshmen out of high school into significant roles. No, like no. like one person, maybe two. It just doesn't work that way. So if you don't have backups that you trust that will develop. Remember before last year, before 2016, we had no idea who Butch Powell was. Then he was the starting middle linebacker. Those kind of guys. Yep. And number three, offensive philosophy and scheme. Who's the quarterback? What offense are you running? Who's the stud running back? I don't believe that BYU's offense just poof, magically gets better because you return the same dudes. Guess what? If the offense stunk and you return the same dudes, why would it just all of a sudden be drastically better? Mm. It doesn't just magically get better. You know what can change things more than the players? Junior college players. Good coaching. (laughs) Good coaching can instantly change a program. 
Central Florida was winless three seasons ago. Yep. Now they are lossless. They are undefeated. Yeah, coaching okay? has it. That's coaching. They've had very similar players. Similar players. But, but you know, aside from that, man, when, when you look at – I'm going back to JC, guys. <laughs> Only because when you said recruiting, right, and, and figuring out that need, somebody that can step in and play immediately, you know, quarterback, you can say running back. I think Squally is the guy and should be, but he's had you injuries. You need other guys, you need, and you, you need other guys. Just, that's, just how the, that's just how football is nowadays. But I would say this most importantly, what a junior college transfer does for you is it brings competition. Because Amen. you know, Amen. I know if a junior college player is coming in, you, you have the best opportunity to play and start right away. They're not thinking, I'm going to come here and redshirt this kid. Coaches are thinking, this kid's going to play. So what does that do for me as a player? i got to get my butt in shape. i got to do whatever i got to do to make sure that this JC kid doesn't start. You're the JC guy in this program to Spencer and I mm. and Jason. Yeah. But not Dennis Pitta. A Twitter question <laughs> today. What's your offseason to-do list for BYU football? Use the hashtag BYUSN. Let's go to Twitter. Tweet, tweet. At CL underscore living. Watch other teams play bowl games. Hmm. I'm not sure what that is. It just for entertainment's sake? That may make Get healthy. Mad. Yep. Keep BYU honor code. Yep. Yep. That's assumed. That's, yeah. And uh, start a countdown to the Wildcats. No, it's not. Countdown to the Wildcats. 278. Brian's into it. 278. I'm going to leave me solo like that? Yes. I, JC, you're on an island. <laughs> listen, you're a quarterback. You used to be an on an island. Sorry, by man, I go one on one all day. Listen, listen. I don't need no safety listen, help. Listen, field corner. I need no you're safety out there help. By yourself, Get here. Bro. Lock, lock. I'm, I'm good. I'm into looking ahead. And, and I joked that I had whiplash from uh, looking at so quickly, but yeah, I'll recover. It's all good. 278 until BYU plays at Arizona. This is similar to the 06 season, starting the season at Arizona. Yeah. Coming up. Yeah, exactly. Well, uh, coming up, women's volleyball head coach Heather Olmstead joins us in Studio B. 13 seed. They're in the NCAA tournament. This is what they do. Was it and fair? they win the first two games. Was it fair? The, we'll ask them. <laughs> Plus, Trevor Maddox of ESPN on his offseason to-do list for BYU football. And it's top four headed into the final weekend of college football. It got crazy, man. Alabama and Miami lost. What now? BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. We are simulcast on BYU TV and BYU Radio. The conversation's happening right now on Twitter. Follow at BYU Sports Nation. Use the hashtag BYUSN. Tomorrow is the debut of BYU basketball with Dave Rose. Yeah. Yay! Tune in as head coach Dave Rose talks with hoops. Oh, talks hoops with my favorite Canadian ever, Greg Rebell. Yes, mm. he has now officially went above. More than Wayne Gretzky. He's, wow. Hey, man, he's went above Drake. Yeah, you know, a couple weeks wow. ago. He, That's he, a big deal. He passed Justin Bieber. Now he's 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 above Drake. Passed right Bieber now, a while so ago. My number one guy. BYU basketball with Dave Rose begins at 8 p.m. Eastern on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Check it out. Our Twitter question today, what is your off-season to-do list for BYU football? I'm, I'm sure all of these will go on the big board for BYU football. They're, they're just, what What are people tweeting? <laughs> Let's write them in. At FanLitFan, BYU football needs to solidify the quarterback position and spring ball to figure out which player can really run Ty's offense. We can't have a repeat of last season. That was inexcusable. Use the hashtag BYUSN and weigh in. Let's get the opinion of our next guest. He's an ESPN college football analyst. A national champion from BYU. His name is Trevor Maddich, and he joins us on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Trevor, how are we doing on this Monday? I am doing great on this Monday. Thank you. Excellent. It's always good to come off a win. We've only had this conversation four times. 
Uh, this is the fourth, so here we go. BYU wins. BYU wins the game. Uh, four and nine to end the regular season. A thirty to twenty win at Hawaii. What did you think of the Cougars' performance at Aloha Stadium? Loved it. They they fought hard in a game that they could have just checked out. I mean, three wins, four wins, ah, eh, whatever. Uh, won't change a whole lot in the greater scheme of things. But to to care about it as much as they did, to care about sending the seniors out on a winning note. That matters. It matters when you care like that because that sets a foundation for the off season. Trevor, what were some of your greatest memories when you played against Hawaii? Well, mostly, Brian, it was about how they almost beat us. It's tough to play out there the national championship year. They were a dropped pass in the end zone away from knocking us off and wrecking that perfect season. Uh, and in that game also, Kyle Morrell had the greatest individual football play I have ever seen still to this day where they uh, were on the goal line. They were, um, you know, if they, if they had punched it in there, they might have won the game as well. Morrell safety timed the snap. He jumped over the top of the line, ended up inverted so his feet were in the air. And while he was literally upside down, traveling back towards the offensive side of the ball, he grabbed the quarterback by the back of the jersey and dragged him down. And that was one of the key plays that made them kick a field goal instead of a touchdown on that drive, and that helped us win the game. But the combination of the athleticism of that play and the timing of that play in terms of what it meant for the season and what it would have meant had he not made it, that, that to me is the greatest football play I've ever seen. Now, I will add this, too, though, that, that outside of that, there's all kinds of reasons why playing in Hawaii is just a different experience. We would always have young freshmen that would go to the beach and you know they'd leave the snows of Provo and think that uh, they're out there in the sun for 20 minutes and they don't feel like they're sunburned, so they stay for another hour. Mm-hmm. And then they end up totally toasted, and it's excruciatingly painful to put on their pads and, and everything else. <laughs> and we're, The veterans are over there just laughing at them. And then there's other things. I mean, I called a couple of Hawaii Bowls for ESPN, and uh, Wisconsin was out there one year. Barry Alvarez, the coach at the time, told me that he uh, had about a third of his team go to the beach, and they waded out into the water uh, about, you know, belly deep in the water. And the lifeguards were yelling and screaming at him to get out of the water, and they didn't want to. They're football players. They can do anything they want, right? Football players are, are invincible. Yep. Well, they finally coaxed him out of the water only to find out that that day there was a particularly dangerous riptide going on out there, and literally a third of the Wisconsin team could have been swept off the diamond head. So that's just one of the things that, uh, that happens when you go play Hawaii that don't happen anywhere else. I heard a fun story from uh, Blaine Fowler about the uh, Comrail play. He said that one of the uh, one of the nose tackles or defensive linemen didn't know that Comrell had jumped over the line, and so he said, "Guys, we did it! Yeah!" And he was kind of celebrating by himself, and then looked over, and everyone was looking at Comrell. He's like, "What just happened?" And so in film, he was like, "Oh, I see. Oh, that's what." Uh, yeah. Oh, so it wasn't me. Oh, rat. Uh, that's uh, yeah. That's really funny. That's hilarious. Trevor Maddich is on the Deseret First Credit Union hotline on BYU Sports Nation. Uh, now we turn our attention to the offseason a little bit. And I don't, I don't know if you feel the same way, Trevor, but Brian and I have been discussing. We feel like a burden has been lifted. This season is over. It wasn't what BYU wanted. It stunk. There were injuries. There were ineptitude. There was a lot going on. Now BYU can look forward to fixing some of the issues. So our Twitter question today is this. 
What is your off-season to-do list for BYU football? Well, first, recover, recuperate. This has been an incredibly taxing season emotionally on these guys. And I hope they get some time off. I mean, take care of their bodies. Don't let their, their strength and conditioning fall off the map. But I think they need some time off just to get their minds away from football. And I hope they get a chance to do that. So that's job number one. Just kind of take a fire hose to everything football in you and on you and just just clear it out Uh, and then start over again. Now, then when they get going, you know, the the physical side of the game wasn't their problem. You know, the, the mental side, I think, was a bigger problem. And, you know, if I were just to say one thing, I would say that, the quarterbacks and receivers especially need to study defense in this off season right now get get right i mean once they kind of clear their mind take a little bit of time off study defense because in order to excel with this kind of a system you need to understand what the defense is doing and why once you know that you'll be able to make good decisions to take advantage of them i didn't see that enough from quarterbacks this year and there are reasons why it's not all their fault not always but once they get that understanding of defenses what you'll see is a complete turnabout a 180 degree switch in the effectiveness of the quarterback position at byu because when you know that and you have the tools to apply that Ty Detmer gives you in his game plans with this style of offense. You have ways to attack a defense, even one that's athletically superior to you, in ways that a typical run-pass option quarterback and, and zone-read scheme can't begin to attack. Trevor, one of my off-season uh, uh, items on my list was recruiting. And I, I said specifically uh, going the J.C. route, but – where do you think that BYU should emphasize their recruiting efforts in, in, in terms of position? Well, in terms of position, you know, you could point to some areas of need. They need a difference maker at running back. Uh, they need health at running back as well. But they, they need a difference maker. You know, it really hurt to not have Jamal Williams. The Squally Canada was hurt at times. Uh, you know, there, there were other guys that were in there that were hurt. They were in and out. Uh, and it's tough to get any continuity and any playmaking. They, they really miss that. But And then speed, obviously. You want to recruit as much speed as you can get. But ultimately for BYU, where they know they can recruit well, really on, as, as well as almost anybody in the nation, certainly at a top 25 level, is big guys on the offensive and defensive lines, and quarterback, and tight ends, and linebackers, right? And so, you know, they've already got guys in some of those positions. Especially offensive line looks pretty strong coming back. But you want, you want to make sure that you've got great depth in the road graders on the O-line because that gives you competition in practice, and that's what really makes you excel on the field. Same way on the D-line, it's hard to find big guys who can run. But you can get you know, one or two big guys who can run, and then other big guys who can just be like a fire hydrant in there, just make a pile you know, behind them and have depth on the D-line that you can rotate in, which BYU really needs to have. And injuries really hurt their depth this last year. So depth on that D-line. In other words, the positions that are not particularly exciting to think about and look at are the ones that will really be the foundation of your success. And think of, of University of Utah. That's what they do. Utah emphasizes offensive line, defensive line, and cover corner. They allocate actually extra um, scholarships to, to corner. And that is something that BYU can do as well. And so 
you know, it's, it's hard to pick one position that they need, but the overall foundation of, of any football team is offensive line, defensive line, and cover corner. And as long as you're solid there, you can make the rest work. Now, having said that, if I am a running back, if I'm a high school running back that's got some good size and good speed, and I, I have a lot of choices where I could go, BYU is a place that I would consider very highly. Because their offensive line coming back, even though they lose three senior starters, they've got a lot of good quality depth coming up into that offensive line. I think they'll be very good on the O-line next year. And knowing that, that there's a, a, a need for that kind of a running back, if I'm that guy in high school or junior college, I am making a, a real, real clear – I'm giving BYU an opportunity to get me in there because you want to play early, especially at running back. You don't want to sit around for four or five years. You want to play early and get out of there, and BYU is a place right now at this point in its football history that it creates an opportunity for a great running back. ESPN's Trevor Maddich is on BYU Sports Nation. I want to ask you about injuries uh, before we talk uh, playoff picture here. BYU has emphasized squatting and lower body uh, lifting. And uh, the result was that BYU probably was stronger. Uh, and, and that's a good thing. One of the side effects, though, may have been, I don't know the correlation, a bunch of injuries, like to the tune of 37. And the last time that BYU had this amount of injuries, they had Jay Omer, who emphasized squatting as well. And in 2014, BYU had a bunch of injuries. Is there a correlation between excessive amount of lower body strength and conditioning and potentially injuries, or is it just a fluke? There can be a correlation, but just because, or excuse me, a causation. But just because there's a correlation doesn't mean that, that, that it is a causation. Sure. I mean, on its face, the concept of, gee, you're, you're stronger and more explosive in your lower body, of course you're more likely to get hurt. You know, that, that, that doesn't make much sense. But what you can do is overdo things and then be fatigued entering games. I'm not saying that that happened to BYU, but I'm saying that that's the only thing that could happen in that scenario because typically stronger helps you to avoid injuries. I mean, people ask all the time why football players do neck exercises. Well, it's not because you move people with your neck. It's so that you don't injure your neck. That's what it's for. The reason you do exercises with your hands and your wrists, it's important to have strong hands and wrists in football. But even more than that, you want to avoid injury. So you want your fingers to be strong. You want your wrists and hands to be strong because they're less likely to be injured that way. And that's really uh, a lot of what strength and conditioning programs do. And you don't have to, during the season, just maintain uh, your strength and conditioning. You can improve it. It's possible. But you've got you've to walk a fine line there. And the technology that's available now and the knowledge base that's available over the course of college football coast to coast is such that I would be very surprised if anybody anywhere overdid it to the point to where it caused injuries. There are just times when you're a team that doesn't have enough depth and you're facing an all-timer of a schedule, especially early in the season, that guys get worn down, and then they stay worn down. And I think that might be a bigger factor than anything for the injuries that BYU had. Yeah, last year BYU had this, you know, new Utafisi and didn't have the same amount of injuries. So to some degree, maybe it's just a fluke. I don't know. I had to ask. All right, let's finish with this. Who's in your top four right now in college football, and who's just out? Well, uh, my top four right now is Clemson, Auburn, Oklahoma, Wisconsin. And just out is Alabama. I have them at number five. It is going to be a fun 
weekend. Do, do, you, do you think there's a shakeup again, or, or will those four get in? And, and with, Alabama is rooting for uh, Wisconsin and Oklahoma to lose, I think, right? Yeah, for, for Alabama, it's best if Stanford beats USC with three losses, uh, but three lost Pac-12 champs, so Alabama would get in over them. Then you've got the potential for two lost chance, champs in the, in the Big 12 with TCU and in the Big 10 with an Ohio State team that's just not looking all that great. And that's Alabama's best shot. The, the problem for Alabama is that in not beating Auburn, they missed their greatest opportunity to beat the highest-ranked team in the regular season that they will have faced. So what that means is that they've got LSU and Mississippi State, which will be lingering somewhere around 20 in there somewhere probably. And those are their, their highest quality wins. And so the, the committee will start to look at that compared to the fact that they didn't win their own conference and those other teams did. And so Alabama right now is in a tough position just because they cannot be a conference champion and they don't have the quality win. Remember this, that when Ohio State got in over Penn State last year, which I don't think should have happened, but it did, Ohio State did not win the Big Ten, Penn State did. But Ohio State, in their favor, ended up with, I think, three victories over teams that finished in the committee's top ten rankings. And Alabama doesn't have anything like that to give them a boost, so they need massive chaos. Chaos is the name of the game at the end of the season college football. Trevor, insightful as always. We appreciate the time, brother. Thanks, guys. Thanks to ESPN College Football Analyst Trevor Maddich for joining us on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, your values, your timeline, your financial future. College football is going to be awesome. This weekend. I can't Amazing. wait. Amazing, yeah. I'm not doing nothing but, but doing that. And not, BYU at Utah State in hoops. I'm not even watching my own kids. Coming up, Heather Homestead <laughs> and BYU Volleyball will host NCAA Tourney Games this weekend. What are her expectations heading into the tournament? She joins us in studio. Coming up. Plus, what we learned about BYU basketball in two games this weekend. And your tweets, your off-season to-do list. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is brought to you in part by Tecano's Brazilian Grill. Escape the ordinary. Welcome back. Jerem Jordan, Brian Logan, and Radio Vision live on BYU Radio and BYU TV. We're also on demand anytime, anywhere. The final episode of After Further Review airs tomorrow at 7 p.m. Eastern. Kind of sad. Uncle Dave, Uncle B, Cousin David, and myself will break down the Hawaii game and look ahead to the 2018 season. Listen, the team may have gone four and nine, but you guys were undefeated. Undefeated, and I was I was first team analyst, man. First so, team all analyst, hey, all AFR analyst. Hey, man, I'm about to just uh, happy for that next contract yeah. to come out. You know, we're not going to talk about who's on the second team. <laughs> Let's refresh today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. BYU football finishes off the season with a 30 to 20 win against Hawaii Squally Canada. 113 rush yards, two TDs in the first half. BYU ends the season 4-9, and nine, the most losses in a season since 55. But it is the offseason now. Yes, and uh, I'm happy that it is. Blessings all over the place. That's Jamal right. Williams scores two touchdowns on 21 carries for 66 yards and four receptions for 69 yards in a 31-28 loss against the Steelers. Antonio Brown was just too much, mm. but Jamal did his. Yeah. He got his. Yep. Individuals, member NFL. Okay. <laughs> That's right. And 13-seed women's volleyball is hosting American. The entire nation will be in Provo. <laughs> the first round of the 2017 NCAA tournament at the Smithfield House on Friday, 9 Eastern time. That was a good one. Okay, we talked about uh, BYU hoops and what they did over the weekend. So lost 71-59 to Alabama but beat UMass 68-66 in dramatic comeback fashion. Yeah. We learned some things about this offense. 
Number one, or about the team. Number one, the defense is solid. I think BYU is playing good, solid defense right now, holding opponents to manageable numbers for the most part. 25th ranked Alabama scores 71 points. That's a winning number. What do you think the difference is from the, the offense? Years past? Oh, from the years past? Yeah. Uh, schematically, BYU is defending screen and rolls differently. I think they're rebounding well, which has always been a sign of a Dave Rose team. But uh, the pace is slower, too, so naturally the points will be lower. Mm. The issue right now uh, is the BYU offense. BYU's not shooting it very well. They shot it well down the stretch, able to get the win. TJ House goes over 10. He is a tremendous shooter, first-team all-league guy. Didn't have a great game, yet guys stepped up late when they needed to. But the offense still work in progress. It's a new scheme. You, are, you played in a new scheme at a J, the JC level at yeah. BYU. You even had the defense coordinator fired in the middle of 2010. How difficult is it to to play a new scheme uh, for uh, one side of the ball? You, you know, it really comes down to the coach, man. Like, like it took me two a year and a half to get it with uh, with Coach Hill. And when when Broncos a year took and a, a half, a year and a half, man, no lie, year and a half. It took me a while, and I, I struggled with Coach Mendenhall. I got it in a week. <laughs> <laughs> really? You got it in a week. I got it in a week because and he simplified it. He, well, well, he knows how each player individually how they learn. So he knows that I'm a visual player. He 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 doesn't. He, he's not going to be in the in the uh, you know film room going over X's and O's with me like he is with Andrew. You know, mm-hmm. it, it's just, it's different. Rich. Uh, it, yeah, with Andrew Rich. But he, but he also does, uh, which I love the, the most, puts the players in situations to be successful. So you're yeah. already comfortable and you know that hey, you know what. I, I can't be a drop-back quarterback, and my coach knows that, and we both are on the same page, so I'm going to get in the shotgun. So you kind of already are a little bit more comfortable. So BYU defensively is, is uh, taking to that scheme uh, a little easier, I think, than the offense. BYU's going to make shots. They really are. No N- Nick Emery means that you lose a shooter. Yeah. And if you're having an off night, that's one less guy to help. So, he, where, do you, so who, where do you get the extra firepower from? I don't know if, if that person develops off the bench or if BYU just needs to shoot it better. Shoot. Granted, they're not playing at home. They're playing at LIU Brooklyn, which is like Salt Lake Community College uh, in terms of the gym setup. But still, Alabama's playing on the same court. you got to shoot. Yeah, I mean, but, yeah. but not relying on the jumper, trying to get to, uh, into the lane, trying to get to the free throw line, which won BYU the Princeton game. So it's a work in progress, but BYU with a solid comeback win against UMass. Big week for the Cougs in hoops. Utah Valley on the road Wednesday. That's on BYU TV, 9 Eastern. And then at Utah State. That is always a tough to play, regardless of Ooh. how good the Utah State team is. Dude, I just I have flashbacks already. I'm, that's not even talking about basketball. I'm talking about football. It's nerve-wracking. Yes, it is. Next, Heather Olmstead and BYU Volleyball will host NCAA tourney games this weekend. What are her expectations heading into the tournament? She joins us in studio coming up. Did they get a fair shake with the 13th seed? Are they excited? I imagine they are. <laughs> They're trying to go for a sixth straight Sweet 16. No pressure, Heather. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Jeremy and Brian live from Studio B with your day-to-day BYU Sports play-by-play. Watch our daily rebroadcast weeknights on BYU TV at 6 Eastern time. I- I'm always appreciative of the fans who say they watch both, to which I ask, why? You guys are awesome. You, no, not once but twice. I love it. You guys are great. When, when I was a stay-at-home dad, I used to watch both. So Really? Yeah, uh-huh. I did. I'm telling you I why. I love you. I love you, man. Thank you, Brian. Tomorrow is the debut of BYU basketball with Dave Rose. <laughs> <laughs> Tune in as 
head coach Dave Rose talks hoops with my favorite Canadian, Greg Rebell. BYU Basketball with Dave Rose begins at 8 p.m. Eastern on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Greg's climbing the charts for me. Wayne Gretzky is probably my favorite Canadian. We'll, we'll, yeah. We'll get there, you know. Okay, We're developing right. a relationship. Yeah, yeah. It's already 17 baby years steps, Baby steps. Old. Got it. Our Twitter question, <laughs> what's your off-season to-do list for BYU football? At uh, Mel Knows It. One, establish a number one quarterback. No one has shown us enough to be a for-sure number one. Amen to that. Fact. Number two, give, a, give all of our running backs the same amount of carries. I'm really <laughs> impressed with all of them. I don't agree with that one. Mm-mm. Three, work on wide receivers being aggressive and fighting for the ball. Sure. Yeah. And four, this is in all caps, so I'll read it. Keep everyone healthy, please. Yeah, that that's the goal. Great. You can't teach number three though. That you're born with that. You true. That's, eh, that's recruiting. You can, you can teach aggression. No, no, no. You, you, you just instantly non-aggressive. You can't teach. Aggr- no. You know what? You're born with. The, you're born with the, with a tiger in you, man. You know what? We, you don't we just ha- teach that. We have someone on the set named Heather Olmstead who coaches the women's volleyball team. I want to ask her that question before we get into the. Uh, let's get into it. Let's get, don't see. All right, Jam. All right, let's get it. Let's go. Congratulations. Let's go. You're a 13 seed. You're hosting. Thank you. That is yes. awesome. High fives. High fives. Yes. Yes. I try to reject you. Is okay. Brian just brought up a point that I don't agree with. I want to get your take. Can you teach aggression, or is that in in you know, embedded into you. I think it's I, – I agree. I think it's something you're born with. because you're sitting next to him? <laughs> no. You can't teach it? I think it's just something that you're born with. I think you can teach it to a certain degree, but um, I think, you know, some people are just naturally a little bit more assertive and competitive. And, yeah. You know? I agree. Yeah, I agree with yeah. that. Cause it, well, yeah, there's cause probably a cap for someone who doesn't have it. Yeah. You can, you can improve it, but not to the degree maybe you want. Yeah, I would. I would. I'm looking would, for validation. I would, I'll be no, honest. I would say that. Like, like, like <laughs> or, okay, for a defensive player that's trying to hold the edge, you know, a coach can say you have to be aggressive to the edge to the point or a of middle attack. blocker in volleyball. Yeah, but but I mean, I mean, and that and that just gives me a sense of urgency as a player, right? Okay, I got to get there fast, but I mean, how how do you really teach that? I guess like how do you who's your most aggressive player? Our most aggressive player. Like you don't have to. Teach it. You have to bring it. I think all our girls, that's what we recruit. We have competitive, assertive girls, and every single girl on our team knows that, and they come to compete and and to to win. And that's going to be my my next statement after that. Um, You know, you can't really – because we feel – like you can't teach that. You have to already recruit that, yeah, right? So, we're looking forward so to what are some in. of the things? Yeah. What are some of the things? Sorry, Jam, taking over. What are some, what are some of the things? Back. What are some of the things that you look for when you do recruiting um, for aggression? I guess. Yeah, we're looking by position. You know, certain skill sets that they can you know bring to our team as their setter outside middle. But we we want them to be competitive. We want them to be vocal. We want them to have good energy. Um, we want them to be able to compete and, and not only with each other, but they want to be the best version of themselves when they get to BYU. So those are things we talk to them about before they come. We're talking to Heather Olmstead, the women's volleyball coach. Uh, 13th seed, you're hosting in Provo. You play American Friday night, 9 Eastern, and then the winner of that game plays the winner of Kennesaw State and Oregon. You're hosting. Did you expect this? Yeah, we, we, we weren't sure. You never know when it's a committee of people select, selecting those uh, top 16 seeds. So we, we're thrilled to be at home in the Smithfield House uh, getting a chance to play another match in front of Cougar Nation. We just we couldn't be more happy. You've been to five straight Sweet 16 as, as well, and that's certainly the goal. American first. Yeah. So what do you know about American? Yeah, American's a good team, good coach. Uh, Barry Goldberg, he does a great job. Uh, he's been to many, many NCAAs. They've got uh, a really good outside hitter, player of the year in their conference. They've got uh, Libero of the year on their team. 
and uh, he'll have them ready. He does a good job uh, training. They're they're big, they're physical, and they're going to be ready. They're also riding an 18-match win streak, so they haven't lost in a while, and I think that breeds some confidence. Um, and so I think he's going to have them ready to go. Do you think a 13 seed is fair? Absolutely. We're super yeah. excited about being a 13 seed. I think, I think our, our resume speaks for itself. Um, we've got a lot of quality wins. Um, and I think the girls put together a really good uh, resume to show that committee. And I, I thought uh, we couldn't be more pleased with our draw and, you know, first American. And we just think that that's going to be such a great match on Friday. Here we are in late November. You started in mid-August. It's a long season. So why is this team, uh, do you feel like this team is peaking? Are you healthy? Do you feel like you're in a good position going into the tournament? Yeah, I feel like we've put ourselves in a really good position to be playing well at the right time. And I think we've got great leaders on our team, great leadership, um, a great coaching staff who's worked hard. And I feel like we're excited heading in to, to this match against American to see what this team can do. And our goal's always been to see how good this 2017 team can be. And I think you obviously get tested throughout the year, and we have been, but you're also extremely tested in the NCAA tournament when it's win or go home. Yeah, so, so when you go into the season and transition to postseason, um, you know, obviously a lot more on the line. So how do you, how do you balance that as a coach you know, with, with your own emotions and then, you know, trying to keep your girls' emotions in check? Yeah, really for us, we stick to our routine and we don't change much. We know it's an exciting time and this is what they're working for. Um, you know, since last year, our last match, you know, in the, in the NCAA when we lost, we're talking about this, building towards this, but nothing really changes. We can't change our routine. We don't change who we are. Uh, we are who we are and we're going to stick to our routines this week and we're going to stay in the in the moment and play play by play. That's the only way we're going to get by, you know, American is to do our jobs the way that we did, you know, last match against LMU. Brian, that aggression's just built in. Absolutely. They don't, they don't have to. Absolutely. That was for you, Jim. Built in. I just wanted to, you know what I mean? Yeah. What's coaching in an NCAA tournament game like versus a regular season game? Oh, so exciting. The atmosphere, being at home, obviously, is such a huge advantage. We get, you know, Cougar Nation coming out, uh, all our family and friends. The girls get to play another match in the Smithfield house. So it's way exciting. Um, I'm happy for the girls and the team. I mean, they earned it. They deserve it. And it's, you know, you just soak it up. You look around, you soak it up, and hope, hopefully, um, you know, we, we play our best on Friday. You know what I love watching with your team is the team that hasn't been in it for a long time, like, goes nuts. You guys are seasoned vets with this. Like, every year you're in the tournament, so it's like, <laughs> yay! yay. No, I don't know. They were pretty excited. They just showed a little, you know, us kind of calm right there. They were pretty fired up. And I didn't see enough fist bumps, I think. Is what there was, was a lot for. of fist, fist bumps and high fives and hugs, and it just didn't show it. But, um, you know, we talked about that before. We talked to our the girls that um, are freshmen, and then we have a transfer that this is where we want to be Thanksgiving weekend. This is where we expect to be watching this selection show get used to it um you know it's what we want it's what we work for and um you know this is where you're going to be spending every thanksgiving is with us practicing or playing the volleyball suite was meant for that yeah it was you, our, you were in your volleyball suite watching on the big screen. it was our first party in there and we were excited um, first party i mean as coaches i mean the yeah. girls party there every yeah. day but yeah, exactly. we got invited <laughs> so we were like sweet so wait, uh, wait, 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 where is this I'll, I'll show you yeah come see it let's, is, let's go sweet today yeah. we'll go play ping pong down cool. there yeah uh, and I, a guitar I, hero and Mario got all kinds of goodies, man. It's awesome. Where have I been at? You uh, were on the football team. You were just uh, in the SAB the whole time. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> Shoot. Heather Olmstead's on BYU Sports Nation. Um, American coming up Friday. Yet you kind of have to, maybe your assistant's prep for Kansas State Oregon should you win that match, but you have one match and it's Monday for Friday. You have like an extra day of prep as well. How advantageous is that for you guys? 
Um, you know, we like that. We don't play till Friday. It's, you know, starting Thursday, the NCAA gives you time, so it's not a normal Thursday. So we, we look at it as these three days are our routine, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and then Thursday it changes our routine because NCAA mandates your time and how long. And so we're – You get on the court a certain yeah, time. They yeah, they tell you when, you touch the Interviews balls. Interviews and all Yeah, that. all that. So Thursday, you know, gets going. So we get three days to keep to our routine and go to school and, and be our normal selves, and, and then we'll we'll get excited, you know, Thursday and Friday and Saturday – um, and so it's, it's, it's super exciting. And obviously we are prepping for all, all, well, three teams in our, in our bracket. It's, they're all worthy opponents. And so you got to prepare to play everybody. How, because of the last five seasons of going to the sweet 16 and you've either been the assistant or the head coach on all of those, how comfortable are you in those situations where maybe a newcomer would be a little more nervous, a little more anxiety with the tournament? Yeah, I'm, I'm comfortable with my team. So that's all that really matters. My team and my staff, I mean, it's just we're family. And so, um, you know, they call me down, they keep me, you know, um, just feeling cool and calm and, and I trust in them and their training and their preparation. And, and really when I think about it, I, I know that they're going to do their jobs and I know how bad they want it. I know they want to win and it kind of just calms me down and, and, and says, okay, let's go, let's do this. I'm, I'm going to go to battle with these girls. Do you have higher expectations? You mean just being consistently, um, you know, making it each and every year? I don't think our expectations change year to year. We want to see the how good this team can be. We want to be the best version of ourselves. And so that starts with American on Friday. And the girls know that. And so we can't put any more pressure on ourselves than let's try and win this first match and take it one match at a time. You don't want to get caught looking, you know, in a, any other direction but what's right in front of you with American because they're a, a worthy opponent with good coaching staff, good girls. And, you know, they're going to come in with something to prove. And we feel like we have stuff to prove as well. It's BYU versus the entire United States of America, Friday at 9 <laughs> Eastern in the Smithfield House. Congratulations on a tremendous regular season. Thank you. 28-2, WCC co-champs with San Diego, 13th seed. You deserve all of this, and good luck Friday night. Thank you, guys. We Thanks really appreciate in. it. Thanks for having us. Heather Olmstead of the women's volleyball team, Friday night, 9 Eastern time in the Smithfield House against American. Somebody that is a great American, former BYU running back Jamal Williams. Ball so hard. He was awesome. He was awesome last night on Sunday Night Football. If you missed it, we'll tell you how he did. And Kyle Collinsworth gets some buckets. No cornrows, no problem for Collinsworth. It's all in the Cougar Whip around after the break. He cut his hair? Yeah. BYU Sports Nation is brought to you in part by DexterLaw.com for help when you need it most. Our guests today, Trevor Maddich and Heather Olmstead. If you missed any of today's show, download the podcast on iTunes or Google Play. Future guests include T.J. Haas, Yoli Childs, and Elijah Bryant. All tomorrow. Let's whip it. It's time for the Cougar Whip Around. Football. BYU football finishes off the season with a 30-20 win against Hawaii. Squally Canada ran for 113 yards and two touchdowns in the first half. The Cougars outgained the Warriors 451 yards, 286, and were plus one in turnover margin. Cougars in the NFL. Jamal Williams scored two touchdowns last night on 21 carries for 66 yards and four receptions for 69 yards. Holler. 31-28 loss against the Steelers. Kyle Van Noy had six tackles, a sack, tackle for loss, and a 35-17 win over the Dolphins. Nice. Daniel Sorensen finished with seven tackles, one sack, and one tackle for loss in a 16-10 loss to the Bills. Bronson Kafusi and the Ravens face the Texans tonight on Monday Night Football. Men's basketball. The Hoopsters split two in Brooklyn. The Cougars came back with a tw- from a 12-point deficit to gain a last-minute win against UMass, 68-66. Yoli Child's 19 points. 
game-winning dunk in that second game. Friday, BYU lost to Alabama 71-59. Women's basketball. BYU lost to Georgia 79-63 Saturday. Cassie DeVagere was the top scorer for the Cougars with 21 points. Volleyball. Brigham is the 13th seed hosting American. Every single one of them, like 350 million people, in the first round of the 2017 <laughs> NCAA tournament at the Smithfield House on Friday. Cougars overseas. Taylor Sander had a team-high 13 points in a volley loop victory over... Perugia? Three sets <laughs> Kyle Collins were at 16 points, four boards, five assists, and a 112-110 win over LJ Rose and the Salt Lake City Stars. Uh, Kalani Purcell had nine points and five rebounds for the Melbourne Boomers. However, her team lost to Jen Hampson's Sydney Uniflames. We have a minute and 45 seconds left, but we do have some breaking news. BYU Sports Nation breaking news. Kalani Sataki announces today Ty Detmer has been relieved of his role as the team's offensive coordinator. Detmer served as offensive coordinator the past two seasons. Detmer and all coaches remain under contract on the staff. BYU will immediately begin a search for a new offensive coordinator. The new coordinator will make decisions regarding the offensive staff. So Ty Detmer no longer the O.C., under contract, uh, it sounds like a new OC will be hired, and then they will decide who stays on the offensive staff. That's what I uh, get into that. We have about one minute left. Your reaction to the news that Ty Detmer is no longer the OC, Brian? Uh, you know what? I, th- I think it goes to your point when uh, you said, as far as your list, you know, some type of shakeup has to happen. Well, that's um, that's a big shakeup, and, and that's and that's yeah, that is pretty big, and. I mean, when you have an offense that is not producing in all categories, you're ranked. I mean, 25, 26. There's only a there's only 130, uh, you know, teams, and you're 115. You know, something has to happen. Stats and numbers don't lie. And so I think you know, Ty, as much as of a good player, offensive mind he is, um, it's still a different game. You, it's a different perspective. For those so. that want to change, there's change. Yeah, there you go, man. And, and you know what? This should spark a fire into everybody on the offensive side. Even the coaching staff. We will have a conversation coming up on Facebook Live. More if you just missed it. Ty Detmer, no longer the BYU offensive coordinator. Kalani Satake on Monday morning taking immediate action with the offense. The conversation continues 24-7 on Twitter using the hashtag BYUSN. The show is on demand on BYUSN.com. For Brian, I'm Jerem. Shout out to Shane Yearbrook.